Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, China is preparing to launch its latest manned space mission, the Shenzhou 17. U.S. President Joe Biden has met Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The United States has vetoed a UN resolution calling for humanitarian pauses in the conflict between Israel and Hamas militants. We begin with China's planned launch of its latest manned space mission. Preparations are well underway for the launch of the Shenzhou 17 later this month, according to the China Manned Space Agency. The spacecraft and the Long March carrier rocket have arrived at the launch site in northwest China. The launch is scheduled in the coming days. Wu Lei has more. In the next few days,、uh, the Long March 2F rocket, as well as the Shenzhou 17 crewed spacecraft, will be having some、uh, pre-launch tests and.、Uh, Another three taconauts will take the Shenzhou 17 spacecraft to enter the space and dock with the China Space Station, Tiangong Space Station. And the Shenzhou 17 crew will have a reunite and、uh, turnover crewover with the Shenzhou 16 crew. And we know that uh, this uh, Shenzhou 17 crew mission will. Uh, have a space walk and take several、uh, space experiments inside the space station, and it's very important for the Tiangong space station experiments. And we know the Shenzhou 16 crew was launched in May、uh, this year, and they have been staying in China's、uh, Tiangong space station for about five months, and they are expected to return to Earth in the next few days. That was Wu Lei on China's scheduled launch of the Shenzhou 17 manned spacecraft. Beijing has hosted the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, marking the 10th anniversary of the BRI. Guests from over 140 countries and 30 international organizations attended the event. In his keynote speech, Chinese President Xi Jinping outlined the future of the initiative. Dong Xue has this report. It has been 10 years since China launched the ambitious infrastructure and investment project stretching across the globe. It paved the way for Beijing's worldwide reach. It also offered golden opportunities for developing nations. Over 150 countries and regions have signed cooperation agreements since the BRI's introduction in 2013. Official data says the initiative has created more than 420,000 jobs globally, lifting 40 million people out of Poverty. The BRI spans a wide range of projects, including railways, roads, ports, power stations, schools, and hospitals. In opening remarks for the forum, President Xi said the BRI reaching its 10th year marks a crucial turning point, as Beijing is now focusing on more environmentally friendly and sustainable projects. This includes eight key areas for high-quality cooperation, from building a comprehensive Belt and Road connectivity network and promoting green development to advancing scientific and technological innovation. One recent example is the launch of a high-speed railway in Indonesia, Southeast Asia's first-ever bullet train. The line connects Jakarta to Bandung, reducing travel time while boosting regional economic connectivity. 
China is also making environmental commitments, pledging to stop building coal power plants overseas while encouraging green transition projects in partnership with the BRI countries. This includes wind and solar farms, as well as factories for electrical vehicle batteries. As of today, the BRI spans three continents, involving over 150 countries and regions, two-thirds of the world's population, and 40% of global GDP. The Belt is a network of overland routes running across Central and South Asia, the Middle East, and Europe. The road is made up of maritime lanes connecting China to Southeast Asia, Africa, and Europe. Official data indicates the current bill is estimated around two trillion U.S. dollars, a number expected to rise over time. In President Xi's address, the Chinese leader said that Beijing would prioritize the high-quality Belt and Road projects in the future, in addition to develop the digital Silk Road in e-commerce. The message is that all the investments must also have returns. That was Dong Xue on the third Belt and Road Forum in Beijing. Turning to the Middle East, it's been almost two weeks since Hamas launched a surprise attack against Israel. It has sparked some of the worst fighting in decades between Israel and Palestine. The United Nations is warning that millions of people in Gaza are facing dehydration and are at risk of waterborne diseases. The Palestinian Health Ministry confirms that more than 3,500 of its people have been killed, including 1,300 children. Meantime, Israel has reported over 1,400 deaths on its side. On Wednesday, Israel's wartime cabinet announced it would allow passage of basic humanitarian aid from Egypt into the Gaza Strip. However, passage of any humanitarian aid from Israel into the region will not be allowed until hostages are released. Noor Harazin has more from Gaza. The situation here in Gaza is that basically everyone knows that there is nowhere uh, safe in Gaza. The situation where I'm standing here in the uh, Shuhada Al-Aqsa Hospital, there is bodies on my uh, left. There is people, uh, the families of who were killed on my right. Uh, this has became like a morning routine for the people from uh, Deir al-Balah and from Al-Maghazi refugee camp here in Shuhada Al-Aqsa uh, Hospital. Every morning they come to say goodbye. Uh, to the uh, relatives and to their loved ones, especially that the Israeli forces intensifies its um, uh, bombing on the uh, Gaza Strip. People of the Gaza Strip now rarely have access to water and food and bread. Every morning we see long lines on the uh, on the front doors of the bakeries. However, people are hopeful because Egypt said that they will reopen the Rafah border. Um, however, uh, we even journalists and The people on the ground would not believe anything until we see uh, with our own eyes. Because previously, on uh, the uh, previous days, there have been unconfirmed news uh, from the Egyptian side, from the Palestinian side, from the Israeli side that maybe the Rafah border will be open to allow the medical aid into uh, the Gaza Strip. However, for now, we are waiting. That was Noah Harazin in Gaza. Meanwhile, U.S. President Joe Biden has met Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He reaffirmed his country's commitment to Israel and blamed Islamist militants for the deadly rocket strike on a Gaza hospital on Tuesday. Israel and Hamas have traded blame over the strike. John Gambrell reports from Jerusalem. 
Israel got a big support from President Biden, who flew into Tel Aviv, met with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, and basically backed up the Israeli version of these events, saying that it was the other team, in his words, that likely caused this mass explosion. Meanwhile, Biden also had a diplomatic win of sorts. The humanitarian organizations, the United Nations and others have been really worried about this Israeli siege on Gaza that's blocked food, water, medicine and electricity for days. Biden said that the Rafah border crossing between Egypt and the Gaza Strip would open up to allow this aid to come through. Now, I have to caution that there's been a couple of times uh, in the last few days where we've heard this might happen and it didn't. It hasn't happened yet but Biden said that it would. Let's listen to a little bit more about how he described the situation. The people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Today I asked the Israeli cabinet who I met with for some time this morning to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza, based on the understanding that there will be inspections and that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas. Israel agreed the humanitarian assistance can begin to move from Egypt to Gaza. And so with these words from Biden, we really heard basically what the international community has been wanting to hear, that this border crossing would open up. But again, his visit was just overshadowed by this explosion at the hospital, which is still stoking anger across the Arab world. That was John Gambro reporting. Turning to North America. The United States has vetoed a United Nations resolution calling for humanitarian pauses in the conflict between Israel and Hamas to allow humanitarian aid into the Gaza Strip. The U.S. said the proposal did not sufficiently recognize Israel's right to self-defense. However, several countries, including Russia and China, have rejected the U.S. move. Sally Patterson reports. The United Nations Security Council meeting got underway as U.S. President Joe Biden was in Israel. The U.S. said it vetoed a Brazil-sponsored proposal condemning violence against civilians because diplomacy needed to play out first and added that decisions made by the council had to be informed by the facts on the ground. The resolution received 12 votes in favor, with the U.S. voting against and Russia and the U.K. abstaining. The U.S. ambassador to the U.N. stressed the need to protect all civilians and called for food, medicine, water and fuel to begin flowing into Gaza as soon as possible. Under pressure from the U.S., Israel announced an agreement to allow humanitarian aid into Gaza from Egypt. The United Nations warned food and water are running out. Secretary General Antonio Guterres has called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. Russia criticized the U.S. and its allies for not passing the resolution. China said it was disappointed the resolution was not adopted. That was Sally Patterson reporting. Recapping today's headlines. China is preparing to launch its latest manned space mission, the Shenzhou-17. U.S. President Joe Biden has met Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The United States has vetoed a U.N. resolution calling for humanitarian pauses in the conflict between Israel and Hamas militants. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.